Welcome to the Ask an Aggie podcast, where we're exploring the ins and outs of college life here in College Station. We want you to have the best college experience you can. So listen in as we dive into relevant topics that will help you navigate this new and exciting stage of life. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Ask an Aggie podcast. We're on... I can't even count how many takes we're on now. like this. We've had technical issues, screw-ups, but... Uh, we are excited. Uh, my name is Asher, and we got Jordan here today. Yep, and Asher, we have our first viewer asked question, and I am excited about it. Can you believe it? People are listening. Like they're listening. They're responding. They're interacting. So keep them coming. We are pumped to answer your questions. Yeah, this is what we're here for. Um, and so we're going to just start right off with it. Vanessa from Mission, Texas, has asked the Ask an Aggie podcast this question. She starts off with Howdy. She's got it already. She's, she's already done. She's All got right. it figured out. Howdy. I'm worried I might get distracted by the sudden independence that college brings. Mm. You're going to get distracted, Vanessa. We all run into it. Yeah. But she asked the question now, what are some groups or activities that I could be a part of or I could add into my schedule so that as an incoming student, I can stay focused on my academics and my spiritual life? Mm. And so uh, to start off, I know we've kind of hit on this a little bit in our first episode on how is college and high school different, but what new independence did you experience when you were a freshman? Yeah, so like you said, we, we covered this in a little bit in our college versus high school episode, but a lot of what you experience is you don't have the rhythm and routine handed to you. You don't have the normal eight to four, nine to five that is handed to you by the school of saying like, this is when first period is. So a lot of what happens is you have to choose when you're going to do stuff mm-hmm. and you have to choose to do stuff. Yeah. So. To, to even do it, not yeah. just win, but yeah. are you actually? And, and so, I mean, it's everything from, am I going to study at 9am or am I going to study at 2am and am I going to do it? A lot of it becomes optional. And so there's a lot of independence there when no one's holding your hand through that. Yeah, that word optional um, is a dangerous word. Yeah. Because people begin to think of assignments as optional. The reading... There's different definitions that that people tend to adopt. (laughs) Yeah, so optional to me may be different than optional to you. Uh, You know, a teacher that gives some optional reading or supplemental reading is just not going to really be open. Yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) When homework is optional, I hated when my math teachers, I both loved and hated, I guess, yeah, when yeah, math yeah. teachers made homework optional because it means I wasn't doing it, but I wasn't prepared. So yeah. let's ask the real question that college brings. Mm. So are classes optional? No. Cla- classes are in my most like respectful and serious, like, no, they're not optional. You should go to class every time w- without question. All right, so that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm sticking to it. So I think we may know enough about you now, Asher, as we've listened through these podcasts, to know that your character may not align with your beliefs. Um, that was maybe a strong way of saying it. I'm sorry if I was mean there, but well, <laughs> so Asher, do you treat every class as mandatory, and do you attend every class? Uh, well, um, so. I, I can say that I think it's good to attend every class, but I have been known to to skip. Okay, so all right, then let's let's get to the real stuff. When did you first skip a class? So when okay. that freshman year did you go, yeah, I'm just not doing it today. 
Um, so I got, I had this class Tuesdays and Thursdays. I had one class. I was at four o'clock and it was math and I hate math. And so sometimes I, you know, it, it took well into the, the fall semester. I, I try to make it as far as I can, but there was at one point where I was just like, I just can't do it today. Like I, I'm just not going. Did you wear your I can't even shirt right now? My like I actually can't even. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so then talk about like all right. So once you skip the first class, what I experienced is it was kind of like breaking a seal. Absolutely. Like once you skip one, floodgates open. Like wait, the the earth's still spinning. Yeah. Everything's still yeah. happening. Like so. Uh, what's the danger with skipping a class? Yeah, so it, it comes back to this idea of optional. Hmm. It is you start to rearrange the way you think about class to, okay, I don't really have to go because I can still do well on the test. And you start justifying different excuses to skip. And so the way I like to think of it is this, and there's a quote, and I've stolen it and reused it, whatever it is, from someone who stole it from someone else. But basically, yeah, the idea is 99% is very difficult, but 100% is easy. And so the idea behind that is if I say that I'm going to class 100% of the time, it is easy because I didn't give myself an option to not. But if I say I'm going to go to class most of the time, who says what most of the time sure, is? Sure, most turns you, into some. You wake up rarely. in the morning and you say, is this one of the days that I'm going to skip? Um, and, and so the the ideal way to go through this, and this is difficult, this is why I've been known to skip class because this is something I struggle with as well, is you should go to every single class because then it just becomes a part of your routine and it becomes a part of you is I'm someone who goes to my classes and I take care of my responsibilities. Yeah, no, that's good. And so... Let's jump off on that and to get into her question, she says, what are some groups or some activities or just some rhythms that I can create so that I can succeed? And let's focus first academically. Yeah. So academically, um, and I'm just spewing off advice today that I don't take, um, but this is good advice. And this this piece of advice is probably the best piece of advice that I've gotten that I've never taken, and it is to treat college like a nine-to-five. Uh, treat it like a 40-hour work week. Set your work hours and say, this is when I'm going to get stuff done. Uh, and that's just going to help you a ton. Now, isn't the allure of college that I can take classes and I don't have to go 9 to 5? So uh, why should I choose this? Yeah, so th- there's a couple reasons. One is it just saves your butt in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get to test day, you're not cramming. You You have had these hours where you're working even when it was easier to sleep in. You're not staying up until 2 a.m. cramming, which we, I mean, studies show that doesn't work. Um, And then if you just look at the future, like there's a reason I can say nine to five and everyone knows what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. This is the way our country operates is you're going to have a nine to five. And so college, if its goal is to prepare you for the future, this is how you do it. Mm -hmm. And this is a big part of it. College is not just academics. It is preparing yourself to manage time and to manage yourself uh, for the future. Yeah, and and I've even learned, and while I was in college, I would learn these are the set times that I work best, that I think best, mm. that I learn best, and then the other times maybe I should take a class during that time. Yeah. Because if I'm going to attend it, at least I'm getting that done. You force yourself to be there. Yeah, but, but if I have the choice at 4 o'clock in the afternoon between studying and doing homework or going and hanging out with friends, I was always going to choose friends. Yeah. 
But if I said, I got a class during that time, it, it made me use that time better. Mm. And so uh, I would, I tried my best to practice that about junior year. I learned that yeah, idea. Yeah, it, it takes a while and it takes some... Uh, some practice, uh, but but besides just your own initiative to set your routine, uh, there's at A and M we have the academic success. Center. Yeah, I was about to ask about some things that maybe A and M does to help us. Yeah, so yeah. The academic it, Success Center is so that there, on campus? There's a website? offering. You can just look up Tamu Academic Success Center, and you can just look at all their resources. Um, they have tutoring, learning, and study resources. We have academic coaching, all kinds of things that can set you up for success if you choose to take the initiative. And you can also talk to your advisor. I know that if you're really worried about this, um, they, they they have a class on this stuff of you know how to study, how to how to form these good habits, um, and you can go ahead and take that initiative uh, because. That's really what you have to do is take the initiative and find what's out there. Sure. And we even joked um, when we first got the question from you, Vanessa, that we think Vanessa's probably a 4.0 student. Yeah, because she's thinking about this stuff. Yeah, like she's already thinking about it. So you're ahead of the game if you're already worried about how am I going to handle independence. Yeah. Um, however, most of this will hit people there freshman spring or sophomore year. When they're and they on go, academic probation and scrapping. <laughs> Yeah, and so that that's a good word too. Is we want to be proactive in this stuff. Mm, yeah, think about these things, and that's why I like what we're doing here. Is because they can be presented to us, so we can offer advice of someone who's screwed up before. Yeah, we're you're learning from our failures. Yeah, and hopefully not repeating them. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah, we're the hope is that we're creating proactive students. Yeah, rather than reactive. And so Vanessa asked one more uh, aspect of this question. She said. How do I handle independence in my spiritual life? And mm. we've been honest that I'm a college pastor here in town. Uh, Asher's one of our students. He's an intern with us at the church, but he's also an Aggie. And so we do feel qualified in a sense yeah. to answer this yeah. question. Uh, so what are some practices to help a spiritual walk when you come to a place that offers so much temptation? Yeah. So the very first thing, the the primary thing, and I get excited answering this question because this is something I get to plug often in my daily life, but just something that has affected me and changed my life is join a church. Mm, yeah. The very first Sunday you're here, be in a church service. And pick a church and don't just attend. Don't just go and sit in the back and sneak out after service. Like The biggest thing is join a small group whatever they're called, a small group, a life group, a cell group, join a group of people, uh, of believers who are coming together to focus themselves on the Word of God, but also commit themselves to each other. Uh, you'll hear this idea of accountability thrown around, and that's very, very much key, is you want to be held accountable uh, for both your spiritual life and, and even throw in the academics in there, uh, throw away, like throw in things that you're struggling with and talk to this group of believers about it. Because I fully believe that a church is the primary place where you're going to be accepted. Because I can say without a shadow of a doubt that any, like any church that you go into in this town, you're going to be accepted. Mm. I've heard the, the phrase, welcome home, used in our ministries here, and I think that's so true, is if you find a church, you will find other people who are committed to you. Yeah, and we often say in our college ministry at First Baptist that faith forms best with friends, Yeah, and so I met Asher. Uh, remember, we met at a small group. Yeah. I was leading for freshman guys, 
and you were in a room with 10 other guys from all over the state of Texas and really the country. Yeah, and just strangers. Complete strangers. Yeah. Nobody knew each other at all. But then, so y'all met for the first time probably the last day of August. Yeah. And by November, y'all were signing a lease together. Yeah. And, and you've now, now spent a year. Yeah, now we've lived together for a year. They're my best friends in the entire world. And they're the ones that keep me accountable. Yeah. And, you know, and even on that, you mentioned even academically how the spiritual side can benefit the academics. Yeah. Uh, I've had so many opportunities where students within small groups together have helped tutoring one another, study together. Study together. They will tell you, hey, this is really how to get through this part of class, keep your head up, um, and all of those good things. And then um, there's another thing that you're involved with as well yeah. that has really helped you. Um, just to be poured into by somebody that's a step ahead of you in yeah. life. And so share with us a little bit about how um, discipleship yeah. has looked for your life. So what has happened is, so discipleship, and this is something that we offer in other churches in town, and everyone's looks a little bit different. Uh, but for me, what it's been is my first year being involved with it is I met each week with an older college student who is a couple steps ahead of me. Um, and was able to pour into me and really have his focus be me for that hour or so that we met and, and to keep me accountable for my purity, for my time in the word, that kind of stuff. And then now I meet with our associate pastor every week here and we talk about deep spiritual things. We talk about, you know, how to follow Jesus, how to love others. Um, and it is just a great way where, you know, we, we take a church service and there's a ton of people. You take a small group and there's a few but then you get into that discipleship group, and it's just one-on-one. And I think that that's a very powerful time for you to be poured into, um, and then eventually, as you continue on in your walk, to pour back into someone else. Yeah. Um, I think the big thing that I would take away today, just as a final note, is um, for Vanessa and the others that worry about this, you're not alone. Yeah. A&M is walking with you through Academic Success Center, through courses, through even dorm programs. Yeah, and even just to to throw in, like, besides the church, of course, that's primary. Like, there are men's and women's orgs. I know so many organizations that are Christian, um, that, you know, Christian fraternities and sororities. Um, For instance, I know, like, Phillies for women's orgs, you get a big, so you basically get a mentor, or Bucks for guys, like, uh, brothers under Christ, like you get a cell group of other people who are committed to you and similar in interests. Yeah, there's there's so many support systems in this town for people to succeed. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're not going to have bad days. It doesn't mean you're going to not have failures. But there's there's people that will walk alongside you to help you um, because at the end of the day. All these organizations exist. All these churches. All these uh, advisors exist to help you succeed. Yeah. And so, well, this is a fantastic episode. Uh, Love getting to share uh, from a viewer question. Thank you guys for reaching out. Continue to hit us up. We're putting out three of these a week. So we want your questions. We want to answer and be there for you. And we want you to succeed even in this sudden independence that can be overwhelming. So we'll uh, see you next time. 